me so fucking pumped up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, they they better we better never do camera because I'm like headbanging the whole time. We ever do like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody, we should probably get this show going. <laughs> it's 40k, and I am one of your hosts. I am Shane, and I am Drew. <laughs> and of course, this is the 40k podcast where we talk all things 40k. Except today. Look at that. I rhymed. Uh, today is going to be a little bit more into the other realm of the games workshop industry. Fantasy, AOS, and what's to come with possibly Old World. So that's going to be the show today. Uh, hoping we can stay on track, which is something that we don't often do here. <laughs> but we do try. We do try. So, and we, give it a, we give it a go. but <laughs> we give it the good old college effort. <laughs> and then we get... Piss drunk and blackout. God, so, upon editing these episodes, I'm always like, we start off so good. We start off so good every time. And then we just devolve into like the most <laughs> random shit. And I'm I'm 20 minutes in and I'm like, this is, what what, what was the title of this episode? What, <laughs> what, title we ta- what were we supposed to talk about? <laughs> so, Drew, uh, you know, we start out these episodes with, of course, our, our happy place, our otherwise known as our invulnerable save. What is your invulnerable save today so the mexican pizza's back uh <laughs> it's gonna date this episode a little bit but i haven't gotten one yet i went to taco bell and they were out of mexican pizza stuff they're out of that everywhere just in so case you're wondering so that's a bummer but i believe it they've told me it's back kind of like the theme of the episode i'm being told warhammer fantasy is coming back i haven't seen it yet but i'm being told that it's back so my invone save keep on believing in the pizza <laughs> Don't stop believing. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> if that's not the commercial when it comes back officially, <laughs> I, I, okay. So just out of quick curiosity, to stay on your to stay on your invulnerable safe for just a moment. So they, they they had come out and they basically said we didn't expect to have such demand for it, so we ran out of ingredients for it. But I'm trying to think, what in there is an ingredient? They don't have readily available at all times it's the love. at a Taco Bell. It's the love. Is it the love? There's love in every Mexican pizza. <laughs> oh. Plus, they got a... I don't know if they're going to change the packaging or not, but wasn't the packaging, like, costing them, like, a billion dollars a year? It was something stupid, like, they claim. <laughs> so they claim that was part of the reason they were discontinuing it in the first place, so... It just didn't do no good. I don't know why, like, what was so expensive about it, because it didn't protect the pizza at all. It looked like they shook that son of a bitch every time they gave me one. <laughs> Welcome to the Mexican Pizza Podcast. Shane, what's your, <laughs> what's your folks name? I, I got, like, a, like, a twofer slash mortal wound, and I'm going to start with the, the, the first one that's also a mortal wound, and that is, woo, new Imperial Guard models have been shown, meaning... Daddy is going to lose a lot of money because <laughs> I'm going to be buying a lot of Imperial Guard shit when it comes out. It's the new HQ. They had they had a new uh, a Creed yep. model, but it's it's his daughter who somehow got the jacket. Yeah, some still got the jacket. Then there's the new Sentinel model, which looks pretty sweet. Although they said there's going to be like a a scout version that's not going to have any of the armor plating on it. So I really want to see what they're going to do with that. And then the third model that they really v- revealed was. And I'm going to probably say this wrong because I can never remember how to say it. Kaskrin? Kaskrin? Those are like the, the the elite, right? Yeah, the elite heavy duty Imperial Guardsmen. And I saw them. I'm like, oh, no, they're coming soon. That means oof, I'm going to be taking it on the chin on this one. And lore wise, they're so they're different than the Stormtroopers were, right? Yes, as far as I remember, yeah, they they are they are different. They're like a whole division essentially on their own. They're elite, but they're still firing las guns. So <laughs> <laughs> they, they almost feel like they're actually the military tempest scions, like because they use hotshot las guns instead of hotshot volley guns. But whatever, you know, I don't care. I'm I don't play guard because they're good. I play guard for the hilariousness of just dumping so many bodies on the table that you just don't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I do it. But the second part was, as I was telling you briefly before, is I had to take my son to go get his uh, booster shots. He had to get his Tdap and his meningitis vaccines. And we were 
in the doctor's office, and of course, he's 11, and he is having a mini panic attack, knowing that he is about to get his arm stabbed. He was super upset when he found out there were two separate shots. He was really, really upset when he found out they had to get him in each arm. He was not a fan of that idea either. The best part, though, comes in is when he actually gets the shot, because the first one, the meningitis one, he goes, fuck! <laughs> really loud. <laughs> Through the whole office could hear him. But the best part is, like, she gets done and she pulls the needle out and goes, oh, that wasn't that bad. Like, he literally yelled fuck for no reason. He he even admitted as much as he goes, well, I just assumed it was going to hurt, so I yelled an obscenity to just get by it. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> then came the T-DAP. Now, if you know what that one is, that's your tetanus booster. That one is unpleasant. I, I'm an adult, and I don't like getting that one. That one hurts your fucking arm for a few days after. This one did not go as well, and he tensed up, so the needle was, like, kind of stuck in his arm. Oh, no. And the whole time, he is going, shitting fucking shit, fuck, shit, shitting fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, it sounds, it sounds normal coming from me, but he's 11, and it is goddamn hilarious to listen to an 11-year-old drop out shitting fucking shit you just don't get like happiness like that and that is my invulnerable save for today <laughs> it's a great great dad moment because i can't get that i could tell that kid to curse and he won't do it sudden unexpected pain Poof. <laughs> they come rolling out of him like a rap lyric <laughs> so i was thinking we would start the journey from where we started many years ago in fantasy. Because you were reluctant to do fantasy in the beginning. Uh, me and your cousin were insisting on trying it. Yeah, we had been playing 40k at that point for, I think, what, two years? Two maybe? years, I think, yeah. And, yeah, he wanted to get into fantasy. You were also like, oh, I'll, I'll play... Well, what, for me, it was like, I wasn't too sure. And then I saw the vampire cons. I was like, oh, those look awesome. Like, I had no fucking idea what the game was about, how it worked. But I looked at vampire counts armies. So I was like, oh, they raised the dead. I'm in. Give me those guys. It was terrible decision making on my part. This is before I had my Dark Eldar. I know that. Because uh, that was when we got out of fantasy and back into 40k. Right. I think you went right out. You were the first to buy models. You went out and bought like an undead army. Yeah, no, I, I, dude, I, I dove in hard. My cousin got Skaven. That's what he wanted to jump in and play. So he ended up buying, he, they had a box set. It was um, High Elves and Skaven. So he's like, do you want to go in on it with me? I really want the Skaven. It's High Elves. You can play them. I really didn't care what army I played. I was like, I don't want to play this game. I don't care what army <laughs> I play. Sure. I'll take High Elves. Little did I know that <laughs> you were going to have the most fun out of all of us. <laughs> yes. High elves were fantastic because I got to take all of my anger and, and frustration with having to play fantasy out on you to, oh my God. Oh, hey. Oh, it's this model Teclas. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's supposed to be a good wizard. I don't fucking care. Sure. I'll buy Teclas. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's a magic phase in this game. Oh, okay. That's cool. What abilities does Teclas know? Yeah, pretty much all of them. Yeah, everything. Oh, and and you you can try to uh, deny my psychic abilities. Yeah, no, you can't because he's got this rule that says Teclas can do whatever he wants all the time. So <laughs> this goes off, and <clears throat> I don't peril on the warp because I think I got to reroll my perils of the warp. But it, the but the but the overpower still works, so we can't even fucking challenge it. Like it was, yeah. you had no reason not to just throw as many dice at any spell you wanted. Like there was nothing. That stopped you. The only thing that stopped me was my own greed. If I wanted to throw fewer dice at something because I wanted to try to... I think he could... I could be wrong on this, but I think he could cast damn near like seven spells or something like that. I mean... Was, I think he was like six or seven spells a turn. And like it was like... Because back in old fantasy days, you had the pool of die. So you had... There was like a set number that you got, and then you rolled, and then you added your roll to that set number, and that was your power pool. Yep. And then you would basically gamble so many dice on a skill. So, like, you'd say, I'm going to cast this, and I'm going to throw, oh, let's say four at it. I need a ten to pass it. 
Yes. And you yeah. throw your four dice. And, oh, look at that. I got a 15. So it passes. Then I have just, I think it was like you got, you had your wizard level plus each additional wizard. That was your base pool level at the time. I could be wrong. It's I believe that something time. like that. Yes. Because like essentially, tech, tech was, was like a six or a seven. And that was how many spells they can, they know and they can cast or something like that. But essentially, you were oh, if you were the defender in the psychic phase, you were always at a disadvantage because you had less power dice, like power pool dice. So if he threw four and all I had was six dice in total, I'm not gonna. I I, I had to beat a fifteen, so it was just like, well, no, I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna wait until something else comes along that maybe is more important to him, so I could throw all six of my dice at it. And then you'd save them, and your fucking bitch ass would throw another spell down, and I'd be like, nope, that's not the one. And then you'd be like, okay, now it's time for Occam's Razor, Occam's Mind Razor. And that was the one. You just, you didn't want Occam's Mind Razor to go off, because that made your guys' melee units fucking way overpowered. And then what do you do? You'd throw, like, six <laughs> dice at it, get two sixes, and the six <laughs> dice I held on to the whole time, I couldn't fucking do anything. It with. was like, all techless needed was doubles of any kind and then it counted as rolling double sixes so you couldn't yeah. deny it and what Occam's mind razor did was it made my elves initiative become their strength so they were like initiative seven or six yeah they were seven because you were, you became strength seven initiative seven they had always strikes first so my my elf spearmen who were hitting like extra ranks because they were using spears would just come in and hit you for like I don't even fucking know. It'd be like 24 strength seven hits that would just bleed your, your fucking rank and file dry. And then by the time you got to fight back, you were already so weakened. And then my next magic phase, what am I going to do? Occam's mind razor again. Yeah. There, there was like, <laughs> it was a rinse repeat style situation. Like, and, and then on top of it, the way old fantasy worked was you couldn't target a leader unless they were literally out in front and all alone, you couldn't target them for anything. So all you do is hide techless behind 40 or 50 men, and he just chill. And he'd be like, yep, I'm going to cast this, I'm going to cast this. You get a skill, and you get a skill. He was the Oprah fucking psychic phase. <laughs> uh, or the magic phase. And then you could fucking... Literally, he had a, a one-time-use thing that he could, like, as soon as you cast a spell... He could throw his thing down and be like, yeah, you're done doing that for the rest of the game. And for me, as a vampire count player, like, that's terrifying. Because I need to be able to res my guys. Like, that's just how the world works for the vampire counts. And to have him be like, oh, yeah, he can't do that anymore. It's like, oh, cool. Yeah. But I will say, I know it, it, Teclas and High Elves were terrible for you two to, to play against. It was what saved fantasy for me. Because it took a game I had no interest in, and then giving me the ability to just fling around magic <laughs> with such disregard, and it's such a potent level. Oh my god, I fell in love with fantasy after, like, the, the first game I played with Teclas. I was like, okay, I get it. I love this. This is fantastic. Yeah, meanwhile, we're like, I don't want to play this anymore. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the, the way that it functioned, it was different enough than 40k... To where uh, you and I still stayed with 40k. I know everybody else kind of dropped out and it went, went fantasy. pure fantasy. Yeah, but it, it was it was unique enough to where they gave me different. I mean, it felt like playing different games. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. When you played a game of Warhammer Fantasy back in the day, the movement of your troops could win or lose you a battle and i know you could probably argue well in 40k you know if you move your guys out in the middle of nowhere and they get gunned down but it, in fantasy it was to such a heightened degree where if you point somebody in the wrong direction or you move them wrong like they can't swivel and shoot on the spot like you have ruined this unit or now you've left them in a position to where their their flank is exposed and in that game, I mean, being hit from the side or being hit from the back really affected the way your troops would fight in combat. The way fantasy worked is when it came down to the morale phase, if you had a unit in front of you, it was one. It was kind of a one-to-one -one thing. You lost a guy, I lost a guy, we're pretty much dead even, nobody's really losing. But if you had a guy in the front, 
and then you had a guy to my side. And I lost seven guys to your three guys. Not only did I lose, I lose four off my uh, leadership, but then I lose an additional one because you're on my flank. Like I lost more leadership because of that. And then because I played undead, so we were uh, what was known as like basically what was it fearless? Was that what they called it? I can't remember what they called it. I think you were. I think it was just a universal rule, fearless. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, my guys wouldn't fucking fall back. So what happened was, anytime I lost a battle, like a, a combat, I just lose that many more guys in the combat. Oh, yeah. What was it, like, unstable or something like that? Yeah. So if I lost four, I'd lose an additional four. So I'd lose eight, eight guys at a time. And it's just like, why do you have 40 zombies? Uh, you're about to fucking see. Like, there's a reason there's 40 <laughs> of them in there. They're just going to get bogged down and, you know, get chewed up. They're a tar pit and that's it. <laughs> Going back to your point of, like, when people are like, well, yeah, if you move your this unit, this was so much more wildly different because you had movement trays and you could angle them, but those angles fucking mattered. They were important. You had to make sure that you were constantly playing this cat and mouse game with your opponent of like angling your troops just right. So he can't get to your flank. He'd have to, he could still stay on your front side, but, you, but your next turn, you might be able to flank him. And it was like this constant back and forth of like trying to get that flank, trying to get that rear attack, like whatever you could do. It felt more like a chess match than 40k does to me. Yeah, no. Especially current 40k is is much more fast paced. This was a slog. I've positioned this melee squad to support my archers, where if you try to charge my archers... They're there to come in and counter charge and intercept you. And then I can move my archers over here and reposition them. They're going to be at a negative to hit. Not to mention you had arcs too. Like you couldn't just fire any old direction. When you were playing it, oh man, it was such an intense game. Yeah, you were way more interested in that tactical movement, figuring out where you're going to go and trying to get into your opponent's head. Yeah, it was less forgiving. But who could forget cannonballs going through ranks like they did? <laughs> that was another thing that I loved. If I fired a cannonball directly at your unit, it didn't just hit the front line. It literally mowed a line through your men. It wasn't just like, oh, it hit and it does this much damage. No, it hit and it cuts a hole into your army. It felt more thematic, which for you and I, I mean, that's the best thing you can do for a game to get us to like it. Right, yeah, that, that'll sell us on any game really quick. One of the other pros with Warhammer Fantasy was the armies that were in that game, the, the uniqueness to them. Skaven were really neat to see in action. I, I liked how they had that kind of unstable war laser beams and the giant hamster wheel of death. The doom wheel, because I remember I remember I put 60 zombies against it. And it's <laughs> like, he, he was so frustrated because he wanted to move it against me. And I just blocked it with a 60-man block of zombies. <laughs> and he just, he kept grinding them up and I kept raising them back and he kept grinding them up. And I just kept raising them back. And his, his doom wheel couldn't go anywhere. It was just like caught in bodies. Spinning in place, yeah. Uh, and then my my favorite army back in the day the that I loved is... Mud. Uh, from an aesthetic standpoint, and just I, I've always... Uh, was the lizard men. Yep. I loved that army. I always liked, like, in, in fantasy games, I always loved, like, the lizard, lizard man archetype that just... That aesthetic has always fascinated me. I just like that. that. So to have an entire army, there's like the the chameleons that have like a little blow dart. That was like the skinks or whatever that have the little blow darts and stuff like that. I, I loved that army. I never got to play them because when we got in, they were expensive. They, they were, a lot of the models were metal. I don't even know if they ever got out of metal for the most part, but it was kind of like a dark Eldar thing. When we got into the game, I was like, oh, you probably don't want to, play that and I, I had already at that point amassed such a high large high elf army that uh wasn't really worth it for me to jump over you guys ended up going and buying a secondary box to split you guys ended up with two of the starter boxes and that's like how you rapidly built your guys's armies up wasn't it like you guys got two of those yeah i, I think i actually got three starter set halves because nobody wanted high elves well the guy the guy in our local game store he used to split those starter sets up and then just sell them as yeah. individual parts. Yeah, if you wanted. You could come in there and you could request and say, hey, look, this box set has space marines and orcs. I just want the orc half. Okay, that's fine. And he would just literally, he would just charge you half and give you that half of the set. Then he stopped doing it because, like, with <laughs> I kind of saved the day, but with the Warhammer Fantasies that set, 
everybody came in and wanted Skaven because they were a horde army and nobody wanted high elves because they, they just, did, I don't know if they weren't popular or, or, or what, but in that meta of that group that we lived in, nobody wanted high elves. So I came in there and I was like, uh, do you have any of the, the high elf uh, set? He was like, yeah, how many do you want? It's like, uh, well, I already have one. He's like, you want two of them? I'll give you a deal. I was like, okay. So I went from having a small starter set of high elves to having like 60 archers yeah you uh 30 swordsmen elites and i mean it was it was like i went from nothing to full fucking army i bought techless i think i bought one bowcaster and i was good yeah that was the graviest deal you could get i wish vampire counts ever had something like that at the time because i would have been all over it because vampire counts another horde army that just fucking how many times i glued myself together fucking putting skeletons together it's fucking frustrating as shit because there's like they had just this little itty bitty hole drilled into the shoulder bone that you had to dab with glue and then stick onto your guy and then you know hope that you don't glue yourself to it because you got a hundred more of these to do fuck that was annoying and that is a con i would say with fantasy Unlike 40k, where they were really working to update the range, or at least, you know, refresh some of the kits so that they they looked nice, but they also went together so much easier. I mean, older 40k models were not very kind in comparison to what they are today. No. You can snap no. fit half this shit together. But I'll, I'll go back to it. I know I talked about it in the last episode, but that the, the Chaos Knights. I mean, you literally can just like dry fit the whole thing together. Right. And it almost stays together. <laughs> like, it's designed where it's like, oh, shit, like, this this locks in. You don't, yeah, you don't glue this. You don't glue this piece either. Yeah, you don't glue that. So that the whole thing articulates still. That's fucking Warhammer Fantasy. It's like, yeah, hey, the horse is plastic and the knight on it's metal and super heavy. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> You're on your own. Lots of luck, and fucker. Some of the, yeah, and some of the armies suffered more than others. Like, that, that high elf kit that I bought that was a newer kit, so it, it went together fine. But everything was, was single pose, snap fit. I didn't have really any options as to, right. well, I want this swordsman to be holding it this way, and I'm going to build this swordsman, and he's got this this pose where it's by his side. No, it looked like 30 of the exact same model, <laughs> but it's fine. I didn't care at the time. Especially back then, because we were definitely more into the game than the hobby. We were like, fucking build it and get it on the field. Who gives a shit? No, I don't care. I don't want any painted. Just get him on there. Exactly. Yeah, I, I had gone from having a 40k army that I really was kind of... Space Marines were burning me out. And then to jump into a game that I didn't care to play. And I was just like, fucking, I don't fucking care. And yeah, I mean, they ended up being perfect. Because they, they fit on the, the trays um, really well. Like, the way that they were they were designed... They were very narrow. Like everybody had like their weapons kind of like tucked in. Got to tuck those elbows. Right, yeah. uh, and then for you, like zombies, I mean, I remember you trying to fit them onto movement trays fucking... and they were all kind of hunched over in different ways and arms elbows are, jutting yeah, out. Elbows are sticking out and arms and spears <laughs> and fucking hoes. Because they're farmers. They're farmers that I rose from the dead. Like after I butter, butchered them all, I brought them back. And their arms are all gangling out. They're, like, trying to hug each other. Some of the most frustrating shit was when, like... Because the game required you to play where it lays, essentially. If a fucking blast template hit the center, you're pulling from the center. You're not pulling from the front rank, because that shit made a difference. You'd have to spend a turn reforming your lines. Like, that was part of, like, the game. Like, so you couldn't just, like, oh, I'm just gonna peel these guys off the front. Well, no. You gotta hit in the rear. You gotta take the guys off in the rear and then reform your ranks on your next turn. So, pulling a fucking zombie out of the middle of that shit, like, all right, I'm gonna try to expertly Tetris this guy out of there, and I end up pulling <laughs> six more guys off, and I'm like, you know what? I don't give a shit. They all die, too. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, movement trays in general, they were a necessity, because every army in that game was effectively a horde army. So you needed movement trays just for <laughs> simplicity of, of moving all those people, but they were kind of a pain because you had to buy them separate and then assemble them, and say you have a 30-man squad of archers, you can pretty much assemble them in any orientation you want. You want them to be a wide, skinny, two-row 
format, okay. You want them to be in like a three wide box formation, okay. Well, you need to build a, a movement tray for each of those different formations. For you know, if you want to mix it up each time, and don't forget too, you also had um, skirmisher options too, where they just you kind of spread them out. Some armies had that. I know that lizardmen were big on that, and beastmen. Beastmen was another one. Yeah, skirmishers. You know that that was just another step to it. Where fuck, I don't have you know. I remember coming over one time to play, and I forgot all my movement trays. I had put them in a different box. And I wasn't thinking. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" So I borrowed some of your movement trays, and you didn't have enough. And so I was just like, okay, well, this piece of paper, I'm just going to slide it around and my guys are on there. We were so poor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, it's not, it wasn't the biggest inconvenience, but it was, I remember it like, if you forgot those, you were fucked. All, all I can think of now though, too, is like 3D printing and how awesome that would be for old school fantasy at this point. Like to be able to 3D print off some trays and just have them. Yeah. Like, cause that was expensive. And then you had to cut it all down, glue it all together. Fucking nightmare. A lot of people use plastic card or they would use right. balsa wood. I mean, you could use it whatever you wanted. The idea of having to cut it all up and build it. It's still hard to fathom. Like the idea that I could just go in take an STL file, throw it into a 3D printer, and print 40 fucking trays overnight, and boom, I've got 40 fucking trays. Like, I'm gonna, like they're already they're already fitted, they already got their little sidewalls up. It's like, I wish I had these things when I was playing it regularly. Like, it would have been amazing. It's funny. Back in the day when we were playing it, the setting seemed so fantastical. Once you got into it, like once we started playing it and I was hooked and you start reading about the lore, Tomb Kings and the Vampire Counts, there's a steam tank that the Empire can use, Lizard Men. I was like, this is, this is, this is a wild fucking setting, man. This is like Lord of the Rings, but ramped up. Look at all this shit. Right. You got spells that last forever. Purple Sun going around sucking up entire platoons. You can turn people into a bunch of statues of gold. And then... Age of Sigmar. <laughs> Bluey! <laughs> it's like, it blew the fuck out of fantasy and introduced Age of Sigmar. I mean, even when they were ramping up to Age of Sigmar and they did Winds of Magic. Yeah. And then you go into End Times. Yep. With all of everybody's armies now getting a super HQ, all of these awesome models. We're ramping it up. What more could Warhammer Fantasy people want? And then everybody died. <laughs> Which brings us <laughs> to Age of Sigmar. Hey, don't worry. All of your old friends are there. Teclas, yeah, he's still there. But now he's like a god or something. And hey, Archaon, yeah, he's he's still there too. But now he's also like a god. And they're fighting over Realmstone. And what is Realmstone? I don't know. <laughs> Look, I like Age of Sigmar. I've watched a lot of bat reps on it. I've played a lot of Warcry. I like a lot of the fundamentals that it's brought over. In fact, I honestly feel like Age of Sigmar is the beta testing ground for what they're going to do in 40k. Because it feels like what works in Age of Sigmar also somehow makes it into 40k in some way, shape, or form. There is one maligned rule that everyone seems to universally hate for Age of Sigmar. Whereas I'm borderline indifferent, but I could change it to where I would love it. And it's the rule of essentially momentum. So let's say me and Drew are playing a game and I go first and he's second. Well, at the end of that first battle round, it doesn't just come back to me. We roll off and Drew has a chance, if he rolls higher, that he gets a back-to-back -back turn. And a lot of people play the game with that in mind and have a hard time deciding if they want to be first or second because they're thinking, if I go second, I might get that back-to-back -back and I can really swing the battle in my favor. And I've seen it where it literally breaks a game, where somebody gets a back-to-back -back turn because they had a really good first turn, and then they get that back-to-back. -back. And by the second battle round, the game's pretty much decided. And it kind of sucks. I won't lie. It does suck to watch a battle report where if this guy gets it, game over. He's, he's in the perfect position with all his troops and whatnot. He's going to win. There's no way he could win, lose this game at this point if he gets the double turn. So me, I like it. 
I like the randomness of it. I like the go back and forth. There is a way, though, I would do it differently. And I'm kind of jumping a little bit ahead here to old world. But something that I would do is say, instead of just making it a roll-off, let's say, Drew, you killed 15 models of mine in your turn. But I killed 20 models of yours. What if that just adds to my roll? So, like... For every five or ten models that you kill, you get plus one to the roll to a maximum of, say, three. So if I killed ten guys, that's plus one. If I killed twenty guys, that's plus two. If I killed thirty guys. And not units, but models, because it's hard to wipe a unit in Age of Sigmar. It's hard to wipe a unit in any of these games. So I was thinking to myself, well, how, how would that work? Like, if I made it to where if I killed 20 guys, 20 different models, and you killed 10 different models, and then we both roll off, but I get a plus two, and you get a plus one, that still kind of balances it out, and it kind of gives it that idea of a real momentum shift. I killed more guys, therefore momentum swinging in my favor. But that's just my thought on that. I thought that'd be a fun, if you want to try that as a house rule yourself and let me know how that works, you know, email us. <laughs> let us know. I say activation for all games workshop. I would love to see you do a unit, I do a unit. I was going to get to that. <laughs> you jumped ahead of me even further. So if you have never seen it, it's, I'm drawing a blank. What the hell is the name of it? It's the World War II era tabletop game. Dust. Not dust. Um, Conquest 47. Shane was close. It was Conflict 47. Conquest 47 is like if they came up with all this super cool technology ahead of their time in World War II and had like mech warrior tanks and stuff like that. But essentially the, the principle is the same. Let's just say you have 12 units and I have 10 units. We each take a die of our color and toss it into a bag. And then you shake the bag up, and then you pull out a die blindly. Whatever die that is, if it's if you're blue and I'm red, and I pull out a die and it's blue, you get to activate a unit, move that unit, shoot with that unit. You get to do all the things you would do with that unit right away. But then we reach back into the bag, pull out a die. If it's another blue die, hey, you're going again. You get to activate another unit. You keep pulling a die until no more remain and every unit's been activated. And then all the dice go back in, minus any units that might have been wiped out. Round starts over, shake them up, draw your dice. I've seen that game played a couple times. That's such a unique way of running your activation in a game like that. Because again, for the most part, I've never seen a game where it's been way skewed on somebody having more or less than the other one like it's usually pretty even or very close to even well what that does is that changes how you're going to possibly use a unit with 40k and age of sigmar i know that when it's my turn everything on my side is going to activate so i can have this unit move up because i know that those two supporting units are also going to activate and i'm going to be able to position them how i was planning well what if the other two don't activate till the very end oh i have to think about this I, I don't know. I like it. It kind of takes me back to Warhammer Fantasy, and it, it makes movement and things like that even more important. Yeah, exactly. And I think those kind of activations, that more unique activations, also, I don't want to say makes the game more fair, but it does kind of make the game more fair. Well, it takes the sting out of You get hit with an entire volley at full strength from your enemy. And then at that point on, you are never full strength against them. Yeah. One of my biggest gripes and. This goes across every one of J Games Workshop's fucking games. We start, we go, hey, Drew, let's do a 2,000 point game. And I go first. There is a high chance that it's not a 2,000 versus 2,000 point game. Because there's a chance I'm going to knock out a bunch of stuff in my first round. You have less points than me now. Mathematically speaking, you cannot evenly distribute the same amount of firepower that I just was able to put against you. Whereas if you introduce a system like what Bolt Action has, you got to play more conservatively. You're not so reckless with certain units because you're not going to just run in there and go like, ah, I, they'll be fine because I have all this backup. Those kind of things I love thinking about in these kind of games. Like, I love the idea of like having to think more when you're doing your movement. One of the areas that I enjoy with Age of Sigmar is all of the different armies yeah. that they have added to the game. And they all feel unique. What I used to think back in the day was a pretty out there fantasy setting. I mean, it's, it's, you have people riding flying sharks into battle. 
there's a whole army of like walking sentient tree people. There are dwarves now that just straight up have like power armor and guns. Yeah, the, the carriers are in overlords. Yeah, they they have they have gone in all the different directions now. Uh, the 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 thing though that I do not like is that they even have it tied to Warhammer Fantasy. I wish that it was just its own complete contained setting. I have Warhammer TV, and so they have that Lore Master show, and it cracks me up whenever they feature. They've done one on Teclas, they've done one on Archaon, and like the Teclas one, it starts out and it's from the beginning of Warhammer Fantasy, and I'm like, yep, follow it along, follow it along. And then they get into the end times and then when the the old world was destroyed and then they start talking about Age of Sigmar and that's when they lose me and it's like way over my head. I'm like, what is Realmstone? What is this? What are the realms? I, I have yet to really get into Age of Sigmar lore wise, but Archaon was the exact same thing. I, I was like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, this shit. Yep. I remember that. That's that's cool. And then they go into <laughs> the end times. And then the other half of like the lore video is Age of Sigmar Archaon. And I'm like, uh, nope. I once again, I'm I'm lost here. I don't know what is happening. It got it, well, just like for me, it's like I fall into Gash, the Lord of Dead. And like he was in End Times. He was a big time player in End Times. And now, like by third edition, he's already like back to being. Like, Teclas came in and, like, bitch slapped him down. Like, that's, like, from what I remember reading, it's, like, Teclas appeared, came back, and immediately bitch slapped the fuck out of Nagash and sent him packing. Nagash is, like, one of the main bad guys now where he's, like, he controls the realm of death. Yeah. And he he recently, they had a whole thing where he, he was siphoning spirits and... I don't, he's, he's like become Skeletor now. Like, yeah, we'll get you next time. <laughs> Teclas, they imprisoned Slanish and were siphoning souls back from Slanish. And some of those souls that they plucked became the Idanith Deepkin. They like came out and Teclas was like, no, these souls aren't right. There's something weird with them. They were in the Slanish for too long. They've been corrupted. And then they were literally like, okay, bye. And they ran away to like the bottom of the ocean. And that's where they stay. And it's to like stay away from Teclas because they're an oopsie that he made. <laughs> he needs to abort those babies. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I like the Age of Sigmar storyline. I just feel like by trying to tie it in and have characters, like you destroyed the world, like the universe. So the plot holes that you need to fill in and the like, you need to jump through so many hoops to get Teclas from Warhammer Fantasy to Age of Sigmar. Yeah. Why even try? Right. At that point, it, it's just Teclas is there. It's it's kind of like a like a Chaos Demons in 40K and in Fantasy. Well, why are they both in there? You, you want to know why? Don't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> They're just there. Fuck you. That's why. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, that leads us kind of into the old world and what's to come. Uh, they have not said a lot about old world. Old world is going to be total wish listing from us other than the fact that we do know two things about it it is going to be the old rank and flank style system allegedly will be flank style they will be bringing back on movement trays they will be back to lines and stuff like that and formations i'm excited with them going back to rank and file i mean at this point age of sigmar is not going anywhere no and the reason why i never got into playing age of sigmar is by getting rid of rank and file i look at that and i say well that's 40k exactly it's fantasy 40k if Lord of the Rings was rank and file, I'd be playing Lord of the Rings. Like, that is a unique style of gameplay that needs a return. One of my biggest gripes about Age of Sigmar, and partially about fantasy, was the fact that, as a vampire account player, I had no shooting ability. Like, none. And there are several armies that have no shooting in the game whatsoever, or very little. And the problem is, there are armies like Caradron Overlords in Age of Sigmar system right now, who are very powerful shooters. They fucking decimate. Lunath Realmlords decimate you in a shooting phase. But guess what? They're also pretty fucking good at melee. So, they don't really have a downside. And it's just like, fuck, that alienates players. Like, I... If you're going to do something like this, you need to make sure that everybody has a fair advantage, like a fair shake 
at every game. And right now, the shooty armies in Age of Sigmar dominate. They dominate the game, 100%. They, they win tournaments constantly. They're, they're winning normal just pickup matches. Which is surprising to hear because Warhammer Fantasy, I remember ranged units, they would never win or lose you the game in our experience. No, the the, the magic phase is what won or lost games <laughs> in old fantasy. Absolutely. And that's not even just because of tech list. Just in general, that was a game of magic. Magic was big, but then like that eventual meat grinder of of melee clashes throughout would i mean yeah you were going to get to that phase no matter what archers may whittle down some key units to try to give you an advantage but it's weird for me to, to hear that there are like armies that just decimate in the shooting phase because that was never really the fantasy game yeah and it it's it sucks. I mean, I, I still like my vampires. They're called Soulblight Gravelords now. And one of the guys I watch on Mini Wargaming, uh, Luca, he's a big vampire accounts player. And he was talking about like when he was hearing about the Soulblight Gravelords coming, he's all excited. And he said, man, you know, it'd be awesome as if they don't need to give me vampire bowmen. They don't need to give me zombie bowmen. They don't need to give me skeleton bowmen. But vampires were, their lore is known for dominating societies. And they don't turn you they just enslave you and you serve them so why couldn't since the cities of sigmar got so fragmented across age of sigmar the argument was why can't they have just taken over a random city state and just picked up their crossbowmen and their bowmen or their handgunners and now those guys work for them now you don't have to give them a plethora of units but get them give them a one or two able body shooting units yeah, it just seems skewed to not do that. You do it one of two ways. You either do the that where, yeah, they have like some kind of ranged units of their own or give them something where they have a defensive bonus against ranged attacks. Maybe it's like a cloud of bats fly in the air and darkens the battlefield or you can send them out and they harass ranged units. I want to say one of the best things about fantasy was the fact that you didn't see you there were shooting units all over the place but they sucked they weren't they were five pluses to hit you know they weren't drilling things from a mile out like and i think age of sigmar would benefit from if it's further than this you got a negative one to hit negative like add up those negative one to hits and not have anyway start at like a three plus ballistic skill you know what i mean it's unreasonable <laughs> in like thematically you know it, it just it gets to a point where everybody is just so overpowered or it makes certain units seem weak. Like a, a, a swarm of zombies coming at me. I mean, a fun thematic rule right there. Again, if you if you don't want to give vampire counts shooting units, zombies or, or whatever, you make a rule, you know, uh, shoot them in the head or something like that. Or, or something where they only take a wound from a shooting attack on a wound roll of six or something like, yeah. you know, do something to represent like, yeah, you might be hitting them, but they are just a swarm of undead bodies. It's just lurching forward. And that arrow might just go right through a rotting rib cage and not do any damage. Right. There could be some fun instead of it just being, oh yeah, what is it? Okay. Yep. In here I roll and my high elf archers just did 11 mortal wounds on you. Okay. Yeah. Next. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I just lost 11 zombies. Cool. Like, I mean, it, it's, I don't know. That's probably me just bitching biasly, but that's some of the things I'd like to see Old World address in whatever they're coming up with. I had mentioned to you before we started recording, like, I'd also like different formation patterns. Like, instead, like, you still have the rank and file system, but like, cavalry should be able to, okay, do you want to do a rank and file just straight? bar line or would you rather do a v where you'll do more damage on the initial impact but you might be at a disadvantage for the remainder of combat like that round of combat you might be at a disadvantage until you level everybody out essentially like stuff like that just stuff that i i sometimes think games workshop loves to simplify everything too much well it takes away the uniqueness and for some game guys like us that have been around the block for a long time we want to have a little more of a challenge in certain games and we don't mind having to look up rules and having a whole bunch of different rules that we need to adhere to because as long as it makes it thematic and makes it realistic and makes it fun makes it more random makes it more just jarring to play the more fun i'm having yeah well because like with 40k 
I would say in a lot of cases, they've, they've taken out the more thematic rules, Dark Elves, for example, that had a grappling hook that could pull HQ leaders out of melees. This is a weapon that acts wholly unique to every other weapon in the game. This thing can pull your HQ out of this melee and put him in a new melee, like, with uh, with these guys. You aren't fighting over there, you're fighting over here now. <laughs> Where'd I go just now? <laughs> and what they've done with a lot of that stuff is it's like, oh, yeah, that, that Stun Claw special grappling hook thing? Well, now it's just uh, AP 2 and 2 damage. Okay, that streamlines it, but it makes it way less thematic and fun to use. Well, it, It's no different now than, like, a power sword. So... It's cool. I mean, I guess vanilla ice cream tastes fine. I enjoy it. But <laughs> sometimes I want a little rocky road. Um, <laughs> vehicles no longer operate like vehicles. Well, what do they operate like? Well, they're just like monstrous creatures. Okay, I get it, but it's it's less thematic. Yeah, it's less thematic, less unique. A, a flamethrower not using the flame template and it's operating like any other gun and it gets X amount of hits or a grenade. It gets X amount of hits. And if it's a group of 10 or more people that auto, it hits more. I get it. It streamlines the game. You don't have people arguing over templates, but it's just, is there a better way? To I hope Old World brings templates back. Like, I really, yeah. I really hope that that's something that comes back because I fucking love templates. Nothing like going shopping. Yeah. No, absolutely. Here's your, here's your pie plate. Go shopping. <laughs> yeah, go shopping. That, who, who's going to get it? <laughs> that kind of stuff. I don't know. I feel like it didn't really bog the game down any more than it already kind of is. I like stratagems. I like all of the some of the newer stuff that they've done. Yeah, no, there, there's nothing wrong with it, and I like yeah. like the randomness and and the, and the random feel each army. But that you like the the uniqueness in a lot of weapons and the way things worked in older editions. I I liked how unique something felt. A tank felt wholly different than a squad of men. And you look at it now, and, and and I mean, just from a game standpoint, Warhammer Fantasy felt wholly different than 40k. Yes. Now you show me side by side, and at passing glance, I, what 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 game were you playing right there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, okay. Is, it, is that 40k? No, it's Age of Sigmar. Oh, it looks like 40k. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I had a deep kid. Those look like Drakari to me. No, yeah. you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> Fuck you! That man's, that man's not on a boat. He's on a he's on a flying shark. Oh, okay. I see the difference now. Totally. Yeah. And, and so with Old World, I'm excited. They've announced two new armies that are coming in. Correct? Yeah. Um. Fuck. What's their? I was playing them on Total Warhammer Three, Dragon Emperor, or something like that. Yeah, and then um, Kislev, which is like a more uh, Slavic, like Russian. It's like yeah. the uh, they are like the Russian themed army with. Ice weapons, and uh, I think they have like a battle. Cathay, polar, polar that was the other one. Yeah, and they look like what you would have seen in classic Warhammer fantasy. It's not as out there as Age of Sigmar. I think Age of Sigmar is cool, and everything works in that setting, but it's a little too far, too far removed at this point. Like right. a Stormcast Eternal is going to look way out of place on the on a battlefield in Warhammer fantasy. Honestly, I, I was actually, I was going to tell you this too. I'm actually going to go, I think I'm going to go pick up some Annihilators from the Stormcast Eternals and turn them into Paladins for Grey Knights. Like, I think that's going to be, I tried it with Sequiturs. I didn't like the size. The Annihilators are supposed to be bigger. So I'm going to give that a whirl. Okay. And make me some Paladins because I think I need some unique looking Paladins. Like guys that look different from just regular old Terminators. That'll be awesome. My my chaos army that I'm building for 40k is nothing is a model that it's supposed to be. <laughs> I think I'm proxying almost that entire army. <laughs> You're the fabulous bile of fucking 40k. <laughs> it's just like, oh, what do I have lying around? I got some bits here. I got jam some this in him and jam this over here. <laughs> Pretty much. I have so many bits and things planned to make a traitor guard army. And my God, I hope they announce it soon because I, I need to know what are my limits with Chaos Guard that I can have model-wised. And then I'm just going to go fucking bananas. Oh my yeah, God, I'm so dude, excited. I, I'm not a big Chaos player, but if I was going to play anything, it'd be it'd be Traitor Guard. Yeah. It just That's just fun. Because, like, you already know that the Guard get zero respect and no one cares about them in the Imperium. Imagine how they feel... <laughs> 
as heretics. <laughs> well, I just watched the. They did a battle report for the new, um, the new kill kill team box uh-huh. set, and one of the trader guards has a. He's like a grenadier, and so he had a special rule where when he dies, you roll a, do, a d6 and then a four plus. He explodes and he causes like d3 or d4 mortal wounds to everybody that's <sighs> nearby him, and. That son of a bitch died in, like, a melee to a space marine and then just fucking exploded on him and killed the space marine. <laughs> like, okay, but that's, this is why I can't play games like that, because I'm not going to hang him back. I'm literally charging him to whatever the meatiest section of the board is. Like, wherever there's the most bodies, that's where he's going. He's going full tilt, running in there. That's what this guy did. He, like, okay. he just ran in at a, at a space marine and threw a grenade. The grenade blew up. Like, it was like he threw, like, a... a uh, frag grenade it blew up on the space marine's armor did nothing the space marine turned and like shot him twice point blank with his pistol or something like that and stabbed him and killed him and as the guy was dying he pulled the pin on every grenade on his vest and blew the space marine <laughs> and just like to be the sniper that watches that whole exchange on the scope what the fuck happened <laughs> uh, oh, we didn't think that was going to come back into play but look at that <laughs> I don't think Ted's going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Either he stabbed the pin off or the guy pulled the pin. Either way, it was not ended well. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Um, But yeah, with with Old World, I'm excited to see that they're they're staying true and they're they're not trying to Age of Sigmar the setting of fantasy. These new armies that they're announcing, I'm excited for. They look awesome. I think they're going to play great. I love that they're already in the PC game. Um, what is the name of the PC game? <laughs> Total War Warhammer 3. Oh, yes. Uh, Total War Warhammer 3. I'm glad that they're in there just to kind of help build a pipe, uh, but just that they're staying true to classic Warhammer fantasy. That That's something that so far makes me feel good to know that they're they're not trying to change it and make it into something that it's not. The only downside is that it, it's been gone for so long. We've got not a Warhammer fantasy. I'm not really excited at the prospect of buying back into it. They're right. really they're really going to need to sell me. I mean, in reading that Horus Heresy still uses templates and still uses vehicles and it's still got like the to wound chart, I believe, and the toughness chart. I I it really makes me want to play Horus Heresy. Yes. But then it's all, it's so generic looking though. That's my only issue is everybody looks kind of the same. It's really going to come down to a paint scheme thing. And then like, oh, you guys suck. <laughs> well, it, it's it's probably going to be a Warhammer Fantasy thing. I, you look at it from the outside and you're like, eh, no, those are generic looking elf bowmen. And they're fighting humans in weird pants with swords. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's not, that doesn't really do it for me when I can be shooting exploding machine gun rounds into talking the face hugger from from alien while i got people in robot mech suits trying to keep that's fucking awesome and then we played it and you're like holy shit and there's so many more armies and so much more to it it's a blast it was almost more intense sometimes than 40k got because right because of just how how in the weeds you had to get with it um and i i feel like it's kind of that that same situation or you know you look at like horus heresy whenever i read about the rules because i I saw i saw the exact same thing i was like yellow marines are shooting green marines Eh. yeah and they got the same tanks and they got the same what like what unless you give them crazy special rules like what is what is the what is the difference here and then i was reading about just like the way that the game plays and i was like oh my god it's like it plays like like fourth or fifth edition yeah like yeah (gasps) it's uh like that yeah I've read it, it, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it. I want it so bad. I, like, I almost at this point regret <laughs> The not thing is, having when, gotten into it. When it comes to Old World, they've got me with Grand Cathay, because I'm a big, like, Japanese folklore, like, that, like, mythology kind of stuff. I love that shit. I love the artwork that comes out of it. So they've got me right now on the ropes. They haven't knocked me out yet because I got to see all the models and see what they got planned. But whoo-wee, it's going to be hard to say no. That's and I remember true. when we used to play fantasy, people would create their own like fan factions. Yep. And Cathay was one of them. Yep. Uh, there was a bunch of them. There was like there are five or six. Some models on Titan Forge. 
of like a samurai fantasy army that are fucking awesome. And I would absolutely rock those out if I knew what I could proxy them as. Uh, so once again, I just wait and see what old world is going to bring us. And hopefully it's all good. Uh, hopefully they don't screw the pooch. They have been taking a long, long time with this. They still haven't even given us a release date yet. And I mean, they first gave the first teaser announcement probably like fucking four years ago. So, to make a long story short, if they fuck this up, man, they're going to have a boatload of people pissed off at them. So, they, they, they need to be treading carefully. Yeah, I mean, I, I was annoyed when they were like, yeah, it's gone. And you don't have to use square bases. Like, once they announced that, like, oh, there's no movement trays in Age of Sigmar, and you don't have to use square bases. And new model kits are going to be using only circular bases and it's like okay so you're you're phasing the game out completely yeah the armies got put into the faction of order and the faction of chaos and it's like okay but what about you know like the the human realms the they got like they were super weird they it was like oh you want to play humans well there's the storm casts and it's like okay well yeah they're space marines and they just sigmar i get i get the equivalent that you're doing here but what if i just want to play like regular humans with a steam tank and you've gotten in more into age of sigmar than i did but like didn't they just recently and put the the free realms or whatever they call them back into the game yes yeah the, um i okay so i'm not 100 percent sure if it's been released yet but they've been they've announced that they're going to create a new book for them that's going to help kind of solidify them i don't know if it's come out yet it might have already come out yet i i might have missed it but essentially what it's going to do is it's going to take the the cities and make a human army again like it used to be like the old empire was uh right now it exists but it's really fucking disjointed because you can have Stormcat. like you have to have like other factions helping them essentially like to make them even viable like you got to have stormcast eternals helping them or some shit like that this, supposedly what this is going to do is this is going to help create a true human army to work with in Age of Sigmar. Which is cool. Okay. Which which is cool. I'm, I'm not against it, but... Yeah, again, no. It, it, as, as, mu as much as I can sit here and go, I like Age of Sigmar, I liked fantasy better. And I'm going to probably like Old World better. It's just... I, I, I've, I, I get my fix out of 40k through 40k like i don't need age of sigmar to fix that make, give me that fix i've got something that gives me that fix and i need something that gives me the opposite end fix that that rank and file system that more slog more tactical prowess like, i don't know i just i'm fucking weird man <laughs> <laughs> no i i agree it it was its own game and what they replaced it with is cool but it's just not the same yeah, you ever notice how we uh, we say we're going to do like, ah, we're going to do like a half hour, 40 minutes. <laughs> well, this is an hour and 16 minutes, but after I get done trimming out all the fat, we're probably at a good 20-minute episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, any, any final thoughts for anybody? Oh... <laughs> That's it. That's the show for people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just, it, okay, this is a question for Games Workshop and for Taco Bell. <laughs> Why are you going to take it away if you're just going to bring it back at a later date when I'm in no position to be able to get it now? <laughs> that's, dude, I think that's the most serious and valid question that we have had posed at the end of an episode. So far, I think I, uh, I want Warhammer Fantasy and I want a Mexican pizza and I've been promised both of them are returning. And yet, where's my fucking fantasy and pizza? <laughs> where's your fantasy pizza? <laughs> where's my fantasy pizza? <laughs> so I think that comes brings this episode to a gentle close rather than a big bang. I'm uh, sad. I'm angry now. <laughs> Roll the fucking music. No, not yet, not yet. We need to, you know, we haven't done this the past couple episodes. We do need to throw that shout out to Astralborn, uh, the guys at Astralborn for making our music the most professional fucking thing about this podcast. So, mucho gracias. Very, very much thanks to you guys for that. 
And then uh, please email us, ask40k at gmail.com. That's 40QUE at gmail.com. Just uh, send us your thoughts. Send us your prayers. Send us random letters and th- th- email us when you're drunk. I don't care. Send me a Mexican pizza. <laughs> It'll make the envelope taste better. Just, just, just lick the envelope. Put it in the mailbox. I don't think they can email a Mexican pizza, but we'll, you know, get on it, Bill Gates. Find you better. You find a fucking way. Bezos, I'm looking at you. He don't care. He's going to space. To space to get away from us. Yeah.